You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. One ball, two strikes, two outs. Six to one, the Rangers lead in the top of the ninth. Feliz the high set. Here comes the pitch. Breaking ball, strike three call. The Rangers are going to the World Series. You are locked on the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Pratt with Dallas Morning News, and today's episode is brought to you by Bill Bar. So, this week has been a whole week, hasn't it? Um, there have been riots and protests and um, speaking out uh, on racial justice and police brutality uh, going on around the country. Um, and a lot of people want baseball back. And it's it's really not looking like baseball is coming back anytime soon. Um, today's episode is going to be a lot of talk about um, a conversation that I wasn't really sure. I still don't think I'm qualified to talk about as a white man by myself. But what I would like to do is read the experiences and some pieces from some people um, who are black Americans, former Rangers and current Rangers and former Rangers, um, and what they have to say about the subject um, of race and dealing with police brutality and inequality and things like that um, that's really prevalent right now. Um, uh, the later the episode later today, um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the um, 114 game plan that the MLB Players Association put forth and the MLB rejected and all of the drama that's going on with that. But it, it feels like this is the episode um, where we need to talk about these things. And I'm going to talk about these things. So if you're not ready to have that conversation, I would encourage you to listen because um, you care about this sport and about the players that play this game and might look a little different than you. Um, and I think it's an important time to listen to other people with um, different opinions and experiences than our own. So um, I'm going to really encourage you to do that. But if you're not ready for that yet, put pause on this episode, go listen to the next episode, um, but then come back to this later because I think it's something worth listening to. So I don't think this is the last time I'm going to talk about this on air. Definitely not. Um, but the next time I do it, I would like to have someone um, who is not a white man um, have this conversation so that it's not just a white man telling you what to feel about race and police brutality and all that good stuff. So what I'm going to start with is this amazing piece that Evan Grant wrote yesterday um, talking to Willie Calhoun and Taylor Hearn um, about race relations and their experiences with police um, in their lives. So, um, yeah, this is about their experience. They talked about these things called the, uh, the police talk. Um, Lamont Calhoun is Willie Calhoun's father. He's been a guard at a maximum security, uh, San Quentin state prison in California for 21 years. Um, and his younger, uh, Willie's younger brother, Maurice, um, is a death row guard at San Quentin as of two months ago. So, Willie's got some some law enforcement in his family, and he talked with Evan Grant about the quote-unquote police talk. Now, if you're white, you probably have never really had the police talk with your parents, but um, he said this is a talk that um, many people have, um, most black parents have with their kids when they start being able to drive. Um, This is a quote from um, what uh, Willie's dad said to him. Uh, If you get... If you get stopped, and you will get stopped, 
You have to give the officer instructions on what you're going to do, Lamont tells him. You want to prepare them. I tell them to do everything slow and explain what they're doing. Um, police said in a separate conversation that completely synced up with his dad, can I get my ID now? Is it okay for me to reach for my insurance? Announce everything that I'm going to do. Um, back to This is what Lamont was saying um, after this. You don't know if you're going to get the guy who doesn't like you because of the color of your skin or who doesn't like you because of the car you're driving. You don't know if you're going to get a guy who is a bad apple or who is having a, ha having a bad day. It's a different experience for an inner city kid than it is for somebody from Rodeo Drive. So um, this is something that Willie Calhoun himself has experienced. Um, back when he was with the Dodgers um, playing for OKC, he was driving to a game... Um, driving around with his, his teammate Alex Verdugo, who is actually one of the key pieces in the Mookie Betts and David Price trade. Um, so he's now in, uh, in Boston. Um, but they were headed to A Tulsa after a spring game, um, which is where they were playing then. And Willie was driving Verdugo's car. It was 5 a.m., and they were somewhere near New Mexico, and Willie was speeding. Um, this is what Willie had to say on that encounter with the police. I wasn't trying to run from the police. I'm not going to do that, Calhoun said. But the officer told me he had been following me, and if I had gone another mile or two, they would have put devices on the road to puncture tires. Then he got us both out of the car, put us in handcuffs, and in the back seat of his car, they searched all our bags, all our luggage. Verdugo was half asleep the whole time, and he looked over at me and was like, man, what is this? So that's something that Willie experienced just for speeding late at night, um, driving somebody else's car. Um... And it's not just Willie, it's also um, Taylor Hearn, who um, is just a really interesting guy. I really hope he has a long career in the big league, because he's a fascinating dude. He's from, uh, I believe, Cleburne is where he's from. It's it's just outside the, uh, the DFW area. Um, but his grandfather is one of the most um, interesting people. But um, he was a black rodeo star. He was one of the first... Um, and he just has so many stories about his grandfather and, uh, Hearn talked about, um, his grandfather experiencing a bunch of overt racism as a rodeo star back in the, um, I believe fifties and sixties. Um, but, um, hadn't really had a, uh, an encounter with the police, but he has had talks, um, with his dad, uh, Robbie. This is what, um, Taylor Hearn said of that. Uh, I get scared anytime a police officer follows me, um, I'll be leaving the store and on the phone with my mom and dad, and I'll be looking for my truck in a parking lot, Hearn said. And I'll start to hear door locks click, or I'll be in a store, I'll be in the aisle and see people standing there, and they leave the aisle to avoid me. I'm tall and black. I get stared at differently. It's so frustrating. Calhoun talked about the time when uh, he was in the Louis Vuitton store in Dallas. Um, he said, they saw me. I guess they assumed I wasn't going to buy anything, Calhoun said. I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. Other people are coming in, and people are coming up and helping them. You feel like you get stereotyped as kind of some kind of young thug. Um, these are just some tough stories and stuff that... Um, a lot of people don't think about if they're not forced to think about it. But with the times that we're living in, people are being forced to think about it and start to see what's wrong and what needs to be fixed and adjust their expectations. And some things that sometimes maybe even they knew do without even thinking or trying to be um, racist or 
hurtful or prejudiced or anything like that. It's just something that you do subconsciously. You don't even realize it. But um, this is not all um, from this piece. There's also a big, long uh, post that Delano Shields posted on Twitter that I'm going to read you a little bit about um, after we take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. Today's podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. They are the best tasting protein bar I have honestly ever had. They are delicious. They're tasty. They're 16 flavors. They're soft, easy to chew, covered with 100% chocolate. They're great for the health conscious guy. Um, and you can lose or maintain while indulging on a delicious, delicious treat. Um, for our listeners, go to builtbar.com. Use promo code locked on, all one word. You'll get $10 off your first order. Use promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. Today's show is also brought to you by Rock Auto. RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com is a family business. It's serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. If you're a car guy, this is a great place um, for you to go and get specific parts you need. If you're looking for, um, I'm not a big car guy, so I'm not, I'm not uh, mostly equipped to um, tell you how to do all this, but uh, rockauto.com has a, a catalog that's unique and it's so easy to use. Um, you can quickly see all the parts that are available for your vehicle and choose from brands, specifications, and the prices you prefer. So just really just everything you need um, and really kind of they set you up no matter what you're looking for. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com always, are always reliably low, the same for, for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same auto parts? So for our listeners, go to rockauto.com right now to see if the part's available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com So I've read a little bit about what Willie Calhoun and Taylor Hearn have said um, about their experiences living as a black man in America and the things that that means and the stuff that they go through. Um, but Delano DeShields had this really powerful note um, that he shared on Twitter um, today, this afternoon, actually, where he experiences, experienced some racism. So this is what Delano DeShields had to say. A portion, I'm just going to read you straight from his Twitter note, um, just so just so you can hear what he had to say exactly. A personal story of mine. In 2012, some of my high school football teammates and I were at Georgia Tech in downtown Atlanta going to pick up a buddy of mine at his dorm. This was like around 10, p 10 p.m. In the car was myself and four other black males. One of his friends, one of my friends wanted, wanted to teach me, teach him how to hit. This is all while waiting for my friend to come out. So I have bats and balls and gloves in my car. Cadillac Escalade on 24 is pretty much a big sign that says I'm black. And he starts taking some swings. Anyways, we are outside my car playing around and I'm just tossing a fake ball and he's taking swings, acting like he's hitting bombs um, off me and whatever. So I noticed down the street in front of the steps leading up to my friend's dorms, there were a group of three white people. After a couple of three, after a couple of minutes of noticing the one person take, takes off, uh, running across the street and into their car in the parking lot and drive off. I thought it was strange, but I was like, whatever. So 10 minutes later, my friend finally comes out. We all load up um, and we start driving. I don't even know where we're going, uh, uh, what we're going to do. 
Five minutes in, I look in the side mirror and see a cop trailing me. I don't think much of it, but I went to turn, and he turned right. Behind me, he turned right behind me. So the radar went up like he's about to pull me over. I turned behind my boys, and I'm like, do y'all have anything you aren't supposed to have in my car because I think I'm about to get pulled over? Sure enough, the cop lights come on, and I'm like, oh, crap. So a white police officer gets out of the car, flashing bright and searching the windows of my car as he approaches the side. Immediately, I immediately put my hands on the steering wheel because I just know that's what I'm supposed to do when I get pulled over. The officer doesn't even ask for my license or registration. He just makes everybody get out of the car except for me. He was with his partner that night, so his partner instructed everybody to get on, get out and sit on the curb. So, as my friends are getting out, I look behind me, and no lie, there's a total of five cop cars that had pulled up behind me. I'm scared at this point, because we haven't done anything wrong. And this couldn't possibly be because I didn't use my blinker or something, right? So, when I'm solo in the car, the officer tells me they got a call that somebody was being threatened by a group of black males and a gray truck similar to what I have, and he asked me to explain. And I'm like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. It wasn't us. And I asked, quote, threatened with what exactly? And he told me something shaped like a sword. He then puts a thinking emoji. So in my head, I'm thinking a sword. What the F is this man talking about? Then it clicks. I remember that visual of the person running across the street and into their car and driving off sporadically. And my boy wailing around with one of my, one of my bats. I had it in the car. So I go on to tell him that I have bats in my car, and he asks why. I told him because I played baseball for the Houston Astros, and I keep them in my car for training. It wasn't until then that he asked me for my license and registration, and he walks away from his car to a group of four or five other cops, and I'm watching them kind of like, kind of look surprised or in disbelief. I don't know, don't really know how to explain it. So the cop then brings to reapproach me, I was like, Mr. DeShields, I loved watching your dad play ball. He was a hell of a player. Can I have your autograph? And in my head, I'm like, what the F is actually going on? I just got pulled over because a white person said that I was threatening them with a sword-like object, and now this officer is asking for my autograph. Anyways, I give him my autograph. Anyways, I give him my autograph, and we drive away. But if I was in anybody else's shoes that night, that one phone call might have cost me my life. And that's a very scary thought to have. I'm sharing this story so people can have an inside viewpoint of what goes on in not just my life, but majority of black America. This is real life. This is my life. And I want to be as open and transparent with all of you because I feel like that's one of the ways y'all can start to understand why my people are protesting against social injustices and racism in the world. And that's just a part, a small part of the big picture. So thank you, Delino, for being so open and honest. This is a really tough thing to read. And um, it's one of the things that a lot, why a lot of um, players and not just MLB players, um, the very few black MLB players that there are, but also the entire, a whole lot of the NBA um, is protesting and speaking up because they bring the, bring up this point, like what happened with Delino Shields. He got out of this. He wasn't arrested or in trouble or anything basically because he was famous and that's not a card that um most black people can play
but he realizes this and even still being famous they didn't recognize him immediately because someone felt threatened because his buddy was taking practice swings um outside his car that um he was being threatened with a sword-like object which just unless it was a metal bat i don't really see what the issue was there and i don't think he was carrying around metal bats so you see someone with a wooden sword like thing i don't i don't get it no, i'm not trying to justify it at all it's just stupid the whole thing is stupid and wrong um and that's just one of many experiences um one of the things in the piece that uh, evan grant wrote is um he talked about um this is a really good quote from taylor hearn um he said in any relationship you have to have vulnerability there's a lot of anger that's built up we can't sit quiet anymore people have to be willing to sit down and listen and not be so fast to respond. Just listen for a while. But it's a conversation a lot of people don't want to have. Um, Billy Calhoun shared the police talk, the one he's had with his friends, um, and talked a little bit more about that. Um, this is uh, one last quote from Willie Calhoun of what he said um, about his experience. I'm young, black, and have sleeves of tattoos on both my arms, Calhoun said this week. I know I get, I get stereotyped. It's uncomfortable to have this conversation, but it has to be had. It's like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar said, racism is like a cloud of dust or smoke. It just hangs there. I don't know how to explain it, but we just have to have, we just have different protocols than other people wouldn't. I have to think long and hard about a lot of different things before I do anything. That's something I have a problem with. I've got a platform now and I want to use it. Thanks to these guys for speaking up, but it's something that's so incredibly difficult to talk about, but I think it's time that a lot of us listen. So, um, I hope I could do their stories justice. Um, there's a lot of change that needs to be made. And I think it's time that we listen to these players on the many changes that need to be made and the realities of experiences that are different from our own. So hope you guys are staying safe out there. Hope you guys are listening and caring and, um, fighting for what's right. Um, hope most of all, hope you're taking care of yourselves. All right. Talk to you guys later.